Porchlight Family Media. Your source for family-centered content. Porchlightfamilymedia.com. And now, Audio Theater Central. Oh, hi there. I'm John Avery Whitaker. <laughs> Most folks around here call me Whit. <laughs> My name is Finian Jones, and you are... Hello, I'm Dave Arnold, your host for Focus on the Family Radio Theater. Hello, welcome to Audio Theater Central. This is the show that's all about family-friendly audio drama. I'm JD. And I'm Andrew. And I'm Austin. This is episode 92 We have got a ton of stuff to chat with you about today, but as you may have guessed, uh, Roy is not here. He is on vacation, and um, to be quite frank, I think we're going to have to have a talk with him about his priorities, but... um, Yeah, I don't know why he thinks he can just run away away to uh, far-off lands and just leave us hanging. Yeah, I mean, some people... Wait, didn't I do this two weeks ago? (laughs) (laughs) Or two podcasts ago, I mean... (laughs) Well, we have a review of Time Chroniclers, the brand new series from Pat Roy, the co-creator of the Jonathan Park series. This is volume one called New Beginnings. We've got some feedback from Jeremiah, Samuel, and Amber. We've got a whole lot of fun audio drama tidbits. As for a newscast, I'm not sure what we're going to do here. Uh, Austin, I'm, you know, as, as glad as I am to have you here today... I don't know if we can uh, just hand over the newscast to, to, to you, you know? Yeah, you don't want to treat Roy that bad. Yeah, Just because yeah. he left for vacation. Well, well, we'll figure something out here. But I, before we jump into stuff, I did want to mention really, really quickly that if you have not heard, the Get on the Show contest for Adventures in Odyssey is back for 2017. This is going to be a lot of fun. You can begin submitting your auditions on June 1st and submission period ends on June 16th for kids ages 6 to 15. So link in the show notes for all of the info about that, but you definitely want to get in on that if you are between 6 and 15. <laughs> Which none of us are. None of us. None no. of us. Yeah, exactly. Kind of not fair, actually. Why don't they just have a get in the show for, you know, the original fans who are 20 to Exactly. 30? Yep. I'm, I'm all for that. <laughs> <laughs> the finalists will be competing at a finale at the Focus on the Family headquarters on August 12th, 2017, just like they did last time. So that'll be pretty cool. But but again, Austin Peachy is our guest host today, and he is from the AIO fan site, the Adventures in Odyssey blog. And he's been a voice actor on Iliad House. Um, he's been writing for the ATC blog for quite some time now. So Austin, fantastic to have you here with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. I know it's, I've actually, I was actually on Audio Theater Central several years ago when you interviewed me and Kevin McCreary for your, one of your anniversaries, I think. Yeah. So it's, it's good to be back. That's going way back. Well, so how long have you been running the, uh, the AIO blog? It's been quite some time, hasn't it? Yep. Um, we celebrated our eighth anniversary last July. So this year will be nine years and next year will be 10 years, which is, mind-blowing to me. It doesn't seem like I've been doing it that long. That's crazy. Hey, and I have one really important question for you, and uh, oh, hold on, hold on. Just got a message on Slack from Roy. What in the world? He says he's going to give me a call, so I have no clue what this is about, but let's see here. 
Hello? JD, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Roy. What's up? I'm calling in to do the newscast. Didn't want to let a vacation get in the way, you know. Okay, great. Take it away. Here it goes. The episode titles, album summary, and the cover art for Adventures in Odyssey album 63 has been released. The album will be called Up in the Air and will contain six episodes on friendship and integrity. The album will release on CD in September of 2017. Some sad news. Audio drama writer, producer, director John Fornoff was recently diagnosed with cancer. A friend of his has launched a fundraiser campaign to help cover medical expenses. Check the link in the show notes for more info and to contribute. The Jonathan Park series has returned with a new cast and crew and has released new episodes. These new episodes will be available exclusively to JP Unlimited members first and then will be available for purchase for the general public. On April 25, 2017, the AIO Wiki celebrated its 10th birthday. The wiki now boasts nearly 50,000 pages and over 6,000 articles. They also announced that an official AIO Wiki podcast will be coming soon. I'm Roy reporting live from the streets of Washington, D.C. for Audio Theater Central. Hey, thanks, Roy. That was great work. See you guys back in Phoenix. I have to head to some uh, very important meetings with some important uh, people here in D.C., don't you know? Uh, Yeah, like um, who would that be? Uh, that's a... $1899, if you know what I mean. Uh, uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir, Mr. President. All right. Yeah, the POC. You got it. All right. Bye, guys. Got to run. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was really <laughs> weird. <laughs> hmm. Did he say Mr. President? Like Mr. President of, you know, I don't know, Nestle Incorporated or something? You know, it was very ambiguous. That's true. Hmm. We will have to wait and see. Well, no clue what's going on there, but uh, let, before I was so rudely interrupted, but 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 thank you, Roy. I do appreciate you taking the time on your vacation to uh, still honor your commitments. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's right. Very nice. Very nice. So the question I was going to ask you, Austin, is now, now think about this. Think about this um, very carefully. Uh-oh, this doesn't sound good. <laughs> if you were given the opportunity to go in the imagination station... Where would you go and why? Oh boy. Um that's very difficult. You know, I've I've heard so many Odyssey episodes and some of my favorites are during the Bible Bible times. And, you know, I just love it um to be in like uh in Jerusalem and Israel around that area when Jesus was on the earth, which would be like following him and seeing the miracles he did. I think that'd be really amazing. But um, my favorite period of history is during World War II, and I know it was a very dark time and hard for everybody, but I think some of the best stories that we have from that time were from the heroes that um, helped protect the Jews and helped keep our freedom, fought for our freedom. And some of the stories like Corrie ten Boom, Irina Sendler, there's a few other that I can't think of right now, but me just, you know, going to Imagination Station Adventure to help them with that because, you know, it wouldn't be actually real. We'd be able to experience that and have a greater appreciation for all the things that they went through for us and other people. So it probably sometime during the Bible times when Jesus, when Jesus was on the earth or during World War II. I think those are great options. Definitely. JD, have you ever answered that question? 
I don't believe I have. <laughs> I don't think I have either. Okay, JD. Well, we don't then. have to, though. Thank- <laughs> Nobody's asking us that question, so we don't even have to think about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I- I'm just the guest host, so I can't control that. <laughs> we are thrilled to be joined on the show by Pat Roy, the creator of a brand new audio drama series, Time Chroniclers. And as you as you know, he was the the main force behind the Jonathan Park series for many, many years. And now this is a brand new project, which of course we're going to be reviewing here momentarily. But we had a few questions for Pat, and so we wanted to bring him on the show. Well, first of all, I just kind of wanted to see if you would kind of tell us a little bit about the genesis. I mean, where did this sh- this idea for this story, I mean, there's a lot of layers to this. There's uh, a, really a whole lot going on in this uh, story. So can you tell us, what, how did you come up with this idea? Okay, well, the reason we put together the Time Chronicler story was because all of the time we hear about Charles Darwin and he, how he went on this voyage to the Galapagos Islands. And usually the way the story is told is that Charles Darwin was a Christian uh, who, while he was on the voyage, got to see all of the evidence that showed that evolution was true. That's usually how the story is told. Uh, but most people don't realize that there's an amazing story about the captain on the voyage as well. And the captain was a guy by the name of uh, Fitzroy, Robert Fitzroy. And Robert Fitzroy was actually a Christian, but he was kind of doubting the book of Genesis, and he was wondering if his faith was really true. He kind of was believing in the millions of years. And what actually happened on the voyage was he became more and more convinced of the worldwide flood, and then he eventually he got to the place where he finally said, you know, I, I've come to the point of completely trusting in Genesis. And that happened while he was on the voyage. So there's this incredible story of this friendship of Charles Darwin, who is, is thinking more and more evolutionary ideas. And so he went from kind of thinking Christian thoughts to thinking thoughts on evolution. And then you've got Robert Fitzroy that was going the other direction. And uh, there's just this amazing story between these two men that have never been told. And so we wanted to tell the story. So basically, this first album is kind of the setup to that story that we hope to tell between these two men. Wow, that's an interesting dichotomy there. That's I've never heard that before. Yeah, you know, most people have never heard that. Usually you hear about uh, Robert Fitzroy in context of Charles Darwin. It's always about Charles Darwin. But there's a deeper story there, and uh, we wanted to tell that story. Could you tell us a little bit more about the uh, Pinner family in the story that, uh, that you all have created, the Time Chroniclers? Yes, okay, so it's called Time Chroniclers, and uh, we wanted to make it feel like time travel, and uh, so we wanted to do the setup, and basically this album is really the setup to get to the real story. But we wanted to do time travel without actually doing time travel, and so we're actually going to travel the continuum of a family. And so we're really telling the story of two different uh, families. The first one is Jimmy, and he lives back in the 1830s, and basically... The episode starts off with his father dying. Uh, It's not a spoiler alert, guys, because it happens right at the start. But his father dies, which sends him on this incredible journey, and he ends up meeting a young friend, and they end up going on these different adventures. But uh, Jimmy's actually got something special about him. Uh, As we go along, we find out that he's a time chronicler. He comes from a long line of men who have been telling the story, the truth about creation. And so he uh, he has this very... uh, special uh, thing about him that uh, we start to learn about as we go through the story. Meanwhile, we're also in modern times, and we meet the Penner family, 
and the Penner family lives in Los Angeles, and they're a family that aren't really working together as a team. They're not really serious about their faith. They've got bad attitudes, and uh, all of a sudden, tragedy also strikes them as well, and that sends them on a journey. And uh, basically, they move from the uh, big city to a small town, and we see this incredible transformation that happens to the, uh, to the Penner family. And so through Time Chroniclers, we keep switching back and forth between these two different families. And then finally, at the end of this first album, we connect the two. And, uh, and really now is when we're really beginning to tell the story. So without giving away too much, because uh, we, do, we do want to keep it spoiler-free for the listener, but was the name Pinner a reference to the, the family's heritage? Was that intentional there? Yes, it was. Yes. Okay. I, I love little things like that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, and I love how you always just kind of jump in and play parts here and there. You've done that on Jonathan Park over the years, and I, li- I like how you do that. But is it is that just uh, you're kind of filling in where you where you need an extra voice, or is this kind of an an Alfred Hitchcock cameo kind of thing going on? <laughs> well, you know, when we did Jonathan Park, it was always a tra- tradition that my wife and I appeared somewhere in each episode uh, with little parts, and uh, so that's always just kind of been a tradition for us. You know, I cannot act, uh, but the rest of my family can, which is kind of exciting because my entire family is playing the uh, modern-day Penner family. My wife is playing the, uh, the wife, and my two daughters are playing the two daughters. And uh, so everybody in my family acts except for me. Uh, we actually had to bring in um, uh, Rick Carhart, who's playing the part of the father, because I can't act. But my, uh, my daughters are playing Winnie and Hope. And my wife is playing the part of Suzanne. And so it's kind of cool because this has given my, uh, my, uh, my girls and my wife a chance to, uh, to use their talents to try and uh, spread the creation message. That's awesome. Yeah. Make it a family affair. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, it is. It's a lot of fun. I've got to tell you, the thing about this project is it has been so much fun to uh, work as a team. My daughters now are, uh, one's almost 13, the other is 16. They've grown up with us doing Jonathan Park, and so they know the uh, mechanics of a story. So a lot of times we sit around as a family and uh, we brainstorm the plots together. We write the scenes together, and then it's so much fun that they also get to act in it. And then also uh, they, they've been doing production. So it's really been a fun family hobby. And then we've got so many other just people that have blessed us with their abilities to, uh, to act. We've got a great acting team. We love the cast that we've got. Um, we've got uh, people who have helped us out with production, and then uh, Connor Savoka did the music, and it's just incredible. Yeah, he did a fantastic job on that. That's very true, and it's uh, it's it's really awesome to see the whole family getting involved uh, in this production in that way. That's great. Um, so, what can without again without spoiling anything, and whatever you can tell us about this or can't, we understand. But uh, what can we kind of expect from the series in the future? Well, you know, we want to follow the Lord's lead with it, but uh, we hope now to, uh, to begin to tell the story. Uh, you know, this entire album, we had this entire story that we were going to tell in this album. As we began, began putting it together, we, we found that uh, the episodes were stretching out longer and longer. And uh, so the funny thing is this album almost turns out to be the intro, and it ends just as we're about to tell the real story. So... Again, uh, we hope to tell the story of being on the HMS Beagle and the, uh, the adventures of going to the Galapagos Islands and uh, the relationship, the friendship between Charles Darwin and Captain Fitzroy. So I think it's headed towards a lot of uh, adventures out on the sea is where we're headed. 
But again, this, uh, this particular album is kind of almost like the backstory to get ready to tell the bigger story that we want to tell. Ah, it's a prequel. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. That's excellent. Uh, so I yeah. do have, I, I do have a... What's so funny is we didn't mean for it to be that, but again, as we were writing the scripts, we had so much backstory that we wanted to tell that eventually the backstory became the entire album. So that's, uh, that's really good. The, uh, the more content, the better. So we're happy about it. Exactly. Um, so I know that this is maybe a little too far out of the future to even give an answer, but um, beyond, I, I would imagine that this story at some point has an end. So, um, but we're really interested in the long term future as well. So, is there anything that you may have like just ideas kicking around in your head about uh, where to take it after we finish the story of, of Darwin and, uh, and Captain Fitzroy? Absolutely. Uh, we've written the story again about the Time Chroniclers, and it's this uh, family that through all of history has been writing about creation and against evolution. And so what's kind of fun is we've got it so that uh, we'll always stay with the modern family, but then we'll always travel back in time and uh, meet uh, somebody else on the continuum of their family. So, uh, boy, there's so many amazing events that have taken uh, place in the creation-evolution battle uh, throughout history. And so basically we want to weave characters all throughout that time continuum. So I think the next album is going to get really fun because we're going to start traveling that time continuum a little bit. And we're going to start playing with the plot a little bit and making it feel like it's time travel, even though it's not actually time travel. But uh, we'll see the characters in the past do something and then we'll see how it directly affects the uh, the family in the future. So uh, we're kind of excited about that. I think it's got all kinds of uh, possibilities. So again, we're going to meet different characters in this uh, in this family uh, as they travel through time. Splendid! I love it. And and Pat, I've yeah, I've we, already told you this before, but I think this is some of the best work you've ever done. I I'm yes. really really enjoying it. Nice, excellent. Well, again, you know, it's been a, a family work. Uh, my, my wife has done most of the writing. She's done a great job with that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's been kind of fun. We've taken everything we've learned from Jonathan Park and, and put it towards this project. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking a few minutes to chat with us today. Absolutely. God bless you guys. Well, what do you guys say that we just jump into this review after that wonderful insight into the, the behind the scenes of this project? Let's do it. All right. Time Chroniclers, Volume 1, New Beginnings. The, the release has been a little bit interesting. They've released um, one or two episodes here and there digitally, and then finally the entire project was just released early 2017, now available on digital download and on CD. So timechroniclers.com is where you'll want to pick those up. Link in the show notes, as always, of course. But... As, as Pat referenced there, it's interesting that this is a pretty long uh, album for just being six episodes. It's mm -hmm. nearly three well, – actually, it's over three and a half hours long. It's almost the length of a 12-episode Odyssey. <laughs> almost. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty close. I know, really uh, – yeah, I can, I can totally see that. And especially um, for me when we listen to this as a family – and we weren't able to listen to it all in one sitting where we, we usually listen to stories together at the dinner table. And, you know, 45 minutes, a little bit longer than our family supper. So it'd be spread out, it was spread out over a couple of weeks. So it seemed like it took even longer, even though there's only six episodes, which was really nice because you think just six episodes, but really there's a lot 
packed in there. It doesn't really feel like it's a really short album at all. No, and and that was one of the first things I noticed was that with this series, he's no longer keeping to that uniform episode Mm -hmm. length. And it gives you a lot more freedom to let the story play out, I think. Yeah, I thought it was really good. It made the the stopping points more natural as well between each episode. And uh, I, I kept remarking to uh, my wife when we were listening to it that, oh, well, this one's like 35 minutes. And then, wait, this one's like 39 minutes. And then we got to the last one. Hey, this one's 45 minutes. Wow, this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, we kind of jumped into the review before Andrew uh, got his chance to read. So let's let's do this summary. It's the year 1831. Jimmy's life changes in one night when he's seen by two men who've lit the family barn on fire. Meanwhile, in modern-day Los Angeles, the Pinner family is battling the day-to-day issues that keep them from living out their faith. Two families from different eras, separated by a ribbon of time. How do their lives intersect? Dun-dun-dun. That's very good. Very ominous sounding there. (laughs) Well, as you heard from the man himself, Pat Roy and his family are pretty much the entire creative team behind this. He's the producer. Sandy directed. Uh, They all wrote it collaboratively, which is an interesting uh, approach. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Like, I've never... I mean, I know the Odyssey team sits down and they, they kind of brainstorm things out, but I don't know how the actual writing goes, but that's 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 very interesting. Sound design was by Pat, and as mentioned, Connor Savoka composed the score for all six episodes. And full disclosure here, uh, Connor Savoka recently joined the team of Verses and Vox, another production of Porchlight Family Media. So, just thought uh, I'm we're going to say a lot of nice things about <laughs> his music, and it's just uh, I figured we should probably disclose that. And his relationship to Verses and Vox has nothing to do with our opinions of. His score of Time Chroniclers. <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> I was all ready to say good things about him before I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> so it, one of the major things that stood out to me when I first finished it the first time is, because I've actually listened to this series three times now, uh, I think it is a really good story with the creation info kind of added in much more naturally uh, it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. an, an apologetics lesson with a story wedged in around it, like, to be frank, Jonathan Park did on occasion. And uh, this is much more balanced. Yeah, I think so, too. There's yes. more story than than teaching, you know, creation concepts and uh, debunking evolutionary concepts. There's, there's more story than uh, the ratio is much higher of story to preaching or whatever you want to call it. It's right. not preaching, it's teaching. But... Um, uh, so I thought it was really good, really, really good and, and fit. Um, it, we've talked about this before. It's hard to do. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's, it's a little jarring to the story, um, in the dialogue, but that's about it. I mean, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it goes hand in hand with a longer length for the episode. So they're not constrained to a certain time. They can have more time for the story and also more time for the teaching aspects of it so it balances out a lot more that's a valid point yeah i think so now so it's interesting because it is broken up into episodes and one thing that he did carry over from the jonathan park days is doing two-part episodes so there's six episodes 
New Beginnings Part 1 and 2. Then you have The Reunion Part 1 and 2. And New Frontiers Parts 1 and 2. I'm not sure what that... I mean... It, the entire story is one continue. You can't just pop in and listen to episode three. It will make no, no. sense. So I, I think it's a little odd to still group them by twos. But I mean, that, that's not a major criticism. It just kind of stood out to me as a little odd. But uh, Well, if you think about it, I they're all, you know, the story continues through all of them, but each two-parter is kind of self-contained to a certain aspect. Like some of the stuff is resolved in those two. It's not like a major cliffhanger, like on part two, and then goes into a part one of like say, um, the reunion. It's it's kind of self contained, but it kind of isn't. So I I can see why that happened, but you know it's 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 more interesting have more titles for episodes rather than like like the Green New Conspiracy Part One, two, yeah, three, five, seven, and all that. <laughs> Very true. I mean, you could. I was gonna say that you could have named this, uh, whatever. Part one, two, three, four, five, six, because it is that continuous. But yeah, it's also true that while the overall story continues from the beginning to the end, and there's still more to come, obviously, um, each episode or episode pair kind of has a different theme, I guess. That's true. Across, That's true. The, across the two episodes, there's a theme that yeah. continues. And that comes more from the modern uh, Pinner family than it does from Jimmy and his story. Correct. But uh, but there is some some parody there because the reunion, the things that happen to Jimmy, yeah, uh, you know. So there there is some correlation. But okay, all right, uh, all right. I'm on your guys' side now. <laughs> <laughs> good job, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's a good time to mention some of the cast members. Uh, as as we already heard, uh, Sandy Roy plays uh, Suzanne Pinner, and. Summer Roy plays Winnie Pinner, and Melody Roy plays Hope Pinner. Now, Hope and Heath are the are twins of the Pinner family. Um, that's only referenced very briefly a couple of times, I think, in the in the series, and I didn't even catch it at all the first time through. Or I may have heard it and it, and it totally went over my head, and I didn't even remember it. And then on the second time through, I'm like, oh, they're twins. Okay. That's why they both have H names. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that, because I had no idea. Yeah, I missed it myself. I could be nice and say that I didn't know it too, but I I caught that the first time. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you win a brownie badge. There you go. Boom. <laughs> uh, Ruben Edisham plays Heath Pinner, and Rick Carhart plays Scott Pinner, the father. Uh, so I really like the interaction between this family. It's, as Pat referenced, they are um, quite... How should we say this? They they have a lot uh, going on in this family, mm-hmm. and it's uh, I dysfunction. Think, yeah, there there you go, there you go. And I think it's portrayed pretty well. I think it it makes a lot of sense the way they come across. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, so as listeners or uh, as frequent listeners, longtime listeners, whatever you want to call it, will understand because of things we've discussed in the past. Uh, my litmus test for how People who are not audio drama fans, normal people, <laughs> will we'll take – and when I say not fans, I mean not super fans yeah. like we are uh, – um, is – my litmus test for that is is how does my wife react to it? So with Jonathan Park, she couldn't get into it 
because of because the acting was a little too jarring for her. It sounded like too many of the characters were just reading, mm-hmm. um, especially with the first ones we listened to, and it kind of spoiled her for the rest of them because the acting did get better, but it was you know. yeah. But with this one, uh, I don't know if it was the story or what, but she was. While while some of the, you know we're not talking about union actors here, so there's there's a difference. Yeah, it was uh, good enough to keep her into the story. You know what I mean? It was good enough to keep her listening, and she didn't want me to turn it off. <laughs> so that's uh that's high praise. Yeah, that's a good gauge, especially for quote unquote amateur actors. That's that's high praise. That's what that's what that's what you want. I mean, that's what you're going for, right? Um, that's the best you can you can really hope to do. Yeah, I think I think all the act actors are pretty good. Um, like I, I'm, I grew up with John Park in a lot of ways, so I didn't really mind so much that they weren't really great actors. Um, but I think for the first time, I think a lot of these people weren't on John the Park. I know there's a couple that were, but for being probably like first time, at least in radio drama, I think they did a pretty good job. The one I didn't much care for, which I'm not trying to criticize anybody because I know they're all basically amateurs, but. The actor who played Jimmy, um, it was kind of kind of hard to follow follow the story because, he, um, again, it sounded like he was kind of reading his stuff a little bit more. I know also with the accents that they have, yeah. it may be diff- more difficult mm-hmm. to act like that. But some of the scenes, like, eh, that could have been a little bit better. But like I said, these are all basically amateur, so I can give a pass on that, but... That's probably the one probably negative, I think, in the stories that I really, uh, that really stood out to me. Yeah, that was the biggest uh, thing that stood out to me in terms of uh, maybe things that could be improved was uh, the, especially his accent um, was not great, but you know, it's the first show, you know, we're only at six episodes in. Exactly. Things always improve. So, and as you mentioned, Andrew, it, it was good enough to keep me listening I mean, I, I think there were some scenes where he, he really did a good job, mm-hmm. especially in the first mm-hmm. few uh, interactions with his father. Um, I thought those were really yeah, well done. Yeah, definitely. And in some of the scenes with his uh, buddy that he comes across, Tom, I thought he did really well. But there are just some, certain times where the accent just kind of fell apart. I'm pretty confident that we can expect uh, – I mean, it's only going to get better from here, I think, yeah. is what is what I'm trying to say. Um, so it was a very good starting place, keeping in mind that it was the first time and all that, the more experience you get, even if you pull somebody who's a stage actor and put them in a studio, voice acting is totally different. So, um, and I don't know if any of these folks are in fact, anything he was. other than that. He, he had done community theater from what I understand. Jaden Berthoff is his name. Okay. So. Yeah. See, I, I had thought that that was, uh, something that I had heard they were doing. I, I just didn't want to say it for sure, but, um. So even if you pull somebody off a stage and put them into a studio, it's totally different um, than acting on stage because you can't rely on anything but voice. There's no motion. There's nothing you can do to communicate your message other than than the inflections of your voice. So it's a totally different thing. And I can I can expect that, uh, or I do expect that it's only going to get better from yeah. here. And and it was uh, an excellent starting place. Well, and on the stage, especially in smaller theaters, some of them, they, they don't even use amplification. So the stage actors are really, they are used to projecting and being a little bit melodramatic because that's, that's what stage acting is. 
And so it is a totally different beast, if I can use that uh, that term, to to come into a studio and then you know pull that off. So I think it's uh, commendable that they've put together and and it's a huge cast. I mean, there's a ton of uh-huh. people involved. And also, I really enjoyed that they had um, the actual like credits at the end of the episode where who played what actor and also um, in the order of appearance, so it's easier to keep track of them all and also give credit where credits due. Which, when you had, like, the time constraints of Jonathan Park, they weren't able to do that. But with this, they're able to do that. That's true. Yes, the audio drama database thanks you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, talking about the credits there, um, one, one similarity between Jonathan Park and this is one of the main actors from the original series is the announcer, Frank Montenegro, which mm-hmm. I was really happy with because I love his voice. Yep. I, I I liked hearing his voice again too. It was cool. Yeah, I don't know if you'd call him the host or the announcer or whatever, but he uh, does the opening and the the credits on each episode, so that's cool to hear. And uh, one of the other actors, Joshua Ewan, plays the the little boy Tom, and I think he he did really really good. I really like his character. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And his acting was maybe might have been the best acting that was on the the whole thing oh it's definitely some of the best yeah it was excellent. i agree yeah he might he, he might make a really good jimmy barkley <laughs> yeah so um another connection to jonathan park is the riffenberg family so you had Dwayne and andrew playing uh, several different bit parts throughout the six episodes which was really cool those guys are so so talented they can do so many different voices uh i'm i'm to the point where i can usually pick out Dwayne's voice but uh I did not even realize that that was Andrew in in one of the scenes with the mine. I was like, when I heard the credits, I'm like, no way. (laughs) (laughs) Another uh, professional actor that they got was Glenn Haskell. He's done a lot of stuff over the years uh, here here in the States. And uh, he's a very talented actor. But he plays one of the the bad guys, Darby. And uh, I did, did a splendid job with that character as well. Yes, he did. But actually, I thought it was Dwayne Riffenberg that was playing him at first. Like, I was pretty convinced that it was until I heard the credits. Like, wow, that wasn't him? And then I was like, wow, that's Glenn Haskell. Yeah, that's true. They do have similar vocal qualities. We're not going to go episode by episode because if we did that, there would be too many spoilers. And uh, because each uh, each episode builds on the events that happened in the previous one. So there's not a whole lot we can we can say. But... One thing that um, I don't quite care for is the previous scenes sequences at the beginning of every episode. I mm-hmm. I think it's completely unnecessary um, because most people are going to be listening to this on a CD or as, on a digital download. You're going to download them and you're going to just listen to them one after sure. the other. Why do we need to hear a few minutes or, you know... 50 seconds or whatever it is. I, I didn't time it, but it's significant number of scenes from the previous episode. You know, it's not like back in the day when you had to wait a week to hear the next part of Odyssey, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds it seems like a holdover from radio serials, like weekly radio yeah. uh, broadcasts. And uh, I basically just skipped two minutes in every at the beginning. I started doing story. that too, yeah. It's a habit well, from actually, podcasting I think- anyway. <laughs> Well, actually, I think with this one, it actually helped a little bit because, like we mentioned before, there's a lot going on. And if you're not paying attention, you can kind of miss some of the stuff. So getting kind of the highlights of what stuff that you're supposed to remember from the previous episode, even if you are listening to it 
relatively close to each other. Having that, I think, helped help you keep track of what it was that we're supposed to follow the most and help us remember what happened. The problem with that is, though, that it's not like it. Again, these are not necessarily standalone episodes. So it's like, it's if you're just listening continuously, it's like it's like if you bought a, a Lamplighter Theater download and they split it into chunks and then bef- in between every 30 to 40 minutes, they drop in stuff that you just heard 20 minutes ago, you know? So, which we kind of had that with the, the additions that we got when we first started with Lamplighter because we were, were getting radio, radio editions. Yeah. And so we would listen to them and then you would jump to the next track or the next whatever. And it literally would be exactly that. You mm-hmm. know, it would be like last time on Lamplighter Theater or whatever. And it's kind of weird when you're listening to it straight through. Um, though, uh, they do break these up, uh, as far as the story goes with the announcement, with the announcer coming in in between, they're enough like an odyssey that I can see what you're saying. Um, eh, I still just think it's kind of unnecessary. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, we've mentioned this before because odyssey does two versions. They have the broadcast version and then they have the download or cd version yeah and usually with the cd version it just and sometimes and maybe i'm wrong here but so it seems to me that sometimes even the cd version was different because or no i should say the tape version was different because you'd have to turn over the tape right (laughs) and so there was an actual break in between so uh but they would have to record you know keep listening next week and turn over the tape you know they'd have to record both of those and uh, some of the continuous stories, like the three parters, the story never stops on the on the download. Or and I'm not sure about the CD. It's been so long since I've listened to an Odyssey CD. Yeah. Um. But I know that the the downloads, it's just music that leads right into the next story most of the time. Sometimes it's not, but most of the time it just goes right through. And there is no announcer in between. She just Chris doesn't come on until she's on at the beginning, and then she's on at the very end of the story. The only time they really did that was, uh, or, or didn't do that with a contiguous story, was the uh, Green Ring conspiracy. Mm. There, she comes in between every episode. That was interesting, yeah. One thing that I thought was kind of cool also is that Janessa Cooper, who is the producer of the Coral Island Adventures series, uh, she also voices a few characters in this series. So that's cool. She's a great, really great actress. If you haven't heard... Coral Island Adventures. Uh, she plays a, a, a major character in, um, I think, in the last one or two series. Um, they call them series. Each album, they call them a series. But it's in either series, th- I think it's in series three, she plays a, a major character. And I was very impressed. She is a really great actress. But she does a, a few uh, incidental uh, parts here in this series, too. And another one that really stood out to me was Ryan Moretti, who plays... Uncle Dashel, and uh, I thought that acting w- was really, really well done as well. One thing about the the modern Pinner family, because it, the story does bounce back and forth, and I was talking with somebody the other day, and they said it, they felt it a little confusing uh, jumping back and forth between the 1800s and modern-day L.A. I didn't find it to be too confusing. I thought it was pretty, pretty seamless transitions between each scene and that was another thing where the music kind of came in and helped kind of set the tone for where we were going to be in that scene um so i thought it was pretty 
pretty well done. And a lot of times at the beginning of the scenes with Jimmy, he's saying the date. You know, he'll say um, 18, whatever it is, you know. And so I didn't find it to be too confusing, but I can see that it could be at some point because there are some scenes that are very short and then you're right back to modern day. So I thought it was really interesting how they do that, but I, I can see how some people could get a little confused. Yeah, it took us probably one episode to, or maybe not even a full episode, but to a couple transitions to be like, you know, what what's going on at first? And then um, it took us maybe a couple transitions to get over that initial confusion. Because it was, uh, my wife was like, um what's happening here? This doesn't make any sense. And I was, and I too was a little confused, but it helped when he mentioned the dates that helped a lot. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. And it was only for the first, maybe halfway through the first episode after that, it was, it got better. So it was fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was kind of my experience too. I think it was after the first episode, I got kind of used to it and Especially if you don't pay attention to the story as much, which shame on you, you should. <laughs> but um, but if you pay attention close enough, um, it doesn't take long to get used to it. But some people that I was listening to, um, to um, this with, I think they got kind of confused. Like, wait, is this the modern one or the past one? But you know, if you're really paying attention to it, you can you can pick it out pretty fast. Which I don't I don't think it's a real negative because. No. Mm -mm. There's really no easy way to do that kind of thing when you're wanting a past and present kind of thing. And if it's constant through that, there's no really easy way to do it. But I think they did a good job with it. Yeah. And I like some of the things about the Pinner family, how it really reinforces. So the Pinner family, they are kind of not super grounded in in church and everything. And so it's it's really funny some of the things that they encounter. And I love that line where they, they go to church and... The greeter says, come back soon, er. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> and um, was played by Pat Roy, by the way. Exactly, mm -hmm. yeah. There was his little cameo. Um, and I love how he he calls the guy in the row in front of him, Ted. He's like, it's Garrett. He's like, oh, I knew it was a T name. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was pretty It was pretty funny. Um, At the end. <laughs> it that Okay, so the Pinner family, uh, I was really... It was neat to see what they did with him because they're very endearing and they kind of draw you in pretty quickly. Yeah. They're funny and uh, they work they work together pretty well. There's some times when the chemistry is a little off, but it's nothing that's, you know, super noticeable. It's all it's all good. So mm -hmm. um, especially since, as we know, we're not dealing with actual a married an actual married couple or anything like that. So um, so with all that in consideration they did a really good job yeah yeah was it just me or did the first introduction we had to them when they're getting ready for church did it remind you at all of sunday morning scramble because it did to me oh, yes. yeah absolutely everything about it reminded me of that <laughs> it was really funny like for that short period of time i think it was about just as funny as that episode yeah yeah it's very hilarious and one thing though about it is that it it all did sound very believable. Like all those things were very plausible. <laughs> For sure. I do have a question though. In episode two, who has an answering machine these days? <laughs> it's like, I don't know anybody who, well, for one thing, I don't know very many people who even have a home phone, let alone having an answering machine. <laughs> 
That is a very good point. <laughs> and it fit in. And, yeah. You know, it worked. In it the, worked in the story, but it was. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, I don't know of anybody. I'm sure people do, but I don't yeah, know of like, any. <laughs> yeah. I know we have voicemail on our phones, but I really hate to use voicemail. I, I rarely ever talk on my phone anymore, so. <laughs> exactly. You just text everybody. <laughs> One thing that really stood out to me about the teaching aspect was from... I think it was the reunion when um, Scott was talking to some people about his article and basically talking about the existence of God, basically had someone try to think of a color that hasn't been invented or a color that no one knows of. And that, for me, was kind of mind-blowing, like the idea of, you know, that God has always been and always is. And, you know, there's so little that we know about God and that, you know, we can't create anything that isn't already created by him, really. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. The moments where they're trying to teach or instill these truths, I think were done pretty well. And again, as as you said, Andrew, it is difficult to try to do that and still have it sound natural. And there are a few times where it does sound a bit off, uh, but it doesn't really sound really forced and kind of, like I said before, kind of wedged in there just for the sake of it. So Right. Uh, probably the Best example I can think of a time where it sounded a little strange was Scott was having a conversation with a, was it a lady in a store? Are you talking about the librarian? The librarian, that's what it was. Yes. That one was was probably Uh, the most awkward because she mentions that she doesn't really understand, you know, she doesn't know much about, who are they talking about? It was Charles Lyell. That's what it was. So uh, Charles Lyell. Yeah, yeah. And he... She said she didn't know much about him. And then later she said, oh, and he established uh, uniform uniformitarianism, yeah. right? <laughs> and it's like, and then he said yes and went on to explain a little bit more. So that question didn't really fit with the scene because she supposedly didn't know much about what, what they were talking about. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's hard. It's just hard to do. It really is. And it's not something that people converse about in general. Right. Which makes it a little odd. Yeah. Yeah, it was also odd that they were talking so loud in the library. <laughs> oh, that's true. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there was nobody else there. It is a small town. <laughs> true. Well, overall, I think this is a, a really, really fun series. I'm really excited to see where they go with it. Uh, I'm fully engrossed in it. And yeah. I think I think Pat and Sandy are on to something really great here. Yeah, and I don't think we talked too much about it, but the music, I think, is really the standout star of this whole thing, because um, it's like hearing Connor Savoca's music, it reminds me a lot of John Campbell and a little bit of Jared Pasquale, and he's, I think he's younger than I am, and he's doing all this music, like, it was amazing, I was like, talking to my sister, like, that sounded like John Campbell, didn't it? I said, yeah, it was just so amazing, and like, I... And one of the blog posts I did for you guys talk about, you know, how the music can either, you know, hinder or help a story. So even though the story was really good, the whole production was brought up several notches because the music was just so, so amazing. Oh, I agree. Yeah. he he He's a very talented young man. I was very impressed with the music. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to hear more from him on other productions in the future. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. I think I would recommend this. I mean, we don't do anything on here that we don't recommend. So, but uh, <laughs> but it's it's a really good audio drama. 
the music as uh, as Austin said helps quite a bit. The acting is good. Or I, I could say the acting is uh a little bit better than just good enough because there were enough instances where the acting was was stellar that it was mm-hmm. you know that it takes it a little bit above being just good enough, but the sound effects were all good. Just an all-around uh good drama, but I would say what kept me interested the most was the 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 story concept yeah. was what kept me interested the most. So I think the uh, the plot is probably a co-star with the music on this one. Sure, yeah, because uh, it was it's a compelling. I don't know that I've ever heard anything quite like that 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 whole concept, and I liked how Pat described it as time travel without having time travel. You know, yeah, it's really cool. It, it's a it's a very interesting idea. And it keeps you it keeps you engaged. That's for sure. And it's more realistic. Yeah, yeah, because there's no actual time travel. (laughs) Exactly. We just we just see two different views, right? So it's kind of nice. You mean the imagination station is not real? Oops. Sorry, JD. (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah, I'd 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 totally recommend this series to just about anybody. And I think for first start, I know they had a lot of experience with Jonathan Park. I think this is comparing it to like the beginning of Jonathan Park. This is like well and above the start of Jonathan Park, and it's not just a great start; it's a really great start. I think to a hopefully a really long running series. That I'm I'm really I'm really excited to hear more from it, and especially the way it ended. It really sets it up for a lot more, a lot more adventures that I'm really excited to hear. Absolutely, this is a more of an independent radio drama and there's not a whole lot of financial backing. So really the, the way that they'll be able to make more stories like this is if you guys will go and buy them and spread the word about it. Very, very true. We want to see more quality audio drama made and the way to do that is to support it. So uh, what do you think of the show? Please leave your message after the tone. Audio Theater Central. Hey guys, this is Austin Peachy. Hello, JD, Roy, Andrew. My name is Victoria. Now, yesterday I received a letter from a big fan. No time to chat. I've got an email list. Another package for me today. No, it's actually just your mail. Ah, yes. That time of the episode where we get to hear from you, the listener. I love this part. Me too. Oh, yeah, I do too. I, I, like, I like listening <laughs> to it. <laughs> Okay, so our first uh, bit of feedback comes from Jeremiah via email, uh, and the subject of his email is rather amusing. It's, quote, a less divisive topic, unquote. And this will make sense as we go through this. Yeah. Uh, Hey, guys, this time I'm not mentioning any names or any implied order. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to post this, but it didn't seem to go with any particular podcast topic, so I figured I'd email you and let you guys decide what to do with it. And when? It's easy to get the family together for a quote-unquote movie night. It seems no matter what we're watching, everyone wants to be in on it. But getting a family audio drama night going intentionally just does not happen. (laughs) It happened a couple times unintentionally. For example, when I was testing some of the sound effects in Sir Night of the Splendid Way rather loudly in surround sound, and we ended up listening to the whole thing. (laughs) I tried recreating that scenario a few times, and it failed miserably. What are some ways you or your listeners engage the entire family for audio dramas? 
I often listen to them on my own while driving. My kids listen at night around bedtime, and we all listen together on long rides on vacation. But I'm looking for ideas to share more stories together, not just listen or consume them, but share them and afterward talk about what we heard and develop some critical thinking skills. Thanks. Very interesting question. I, I, I like this, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one thing that could be done is with several of these shows, um, in particular, Heirloom Audio, the G.A. Hinty series, and the Lifehouse Theater on the Air productions, and I think actually some of the earlier Jonathan Park productions, they had a curriculum or uh question guides and different kinds of study materials that were released along with the program. So you had kind of a, after you finished listening, you had kind of a place to go and and a place to start the discussion and bring up topics. So I think those tools could be very valuable in helping the conversation afterward as to how to get the, the, the night scheduled or, or that kind of thing. Um, Do you have any ideas on that, Andrew? I think it just has to come down to setting a time and saying, all right, we're going to do this, this time. But you know what? You could still do that on a long road trip. You know, you can still have a discussion in the car, right? I mean. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think road trips were, we traveled pretty frequently um, when I was younger. And that was where we really got introduced to audio drama through old time radio and Odyssey. So uh, everybody's together. And everybody tends to get bored in a car ride or whatever. So the one way that we all just entertained ourselves was listening to audio drama. And not everyone agreed about, you know, particular genre as we went through uh, the different ones that my my dad wanted to listen to or that I wanted to listen to or whatever. <laughs> But in general, I mean, Odyssey, we just kind of filled everybody's needs. We just all listened to Odyssey. Or uh, old-time radio, you know, uh, we would all listen to whatever we had. We'd buy something in advance of our trip, and then we'd listen to it. Um, so that's an easy way. Maybe you don't travel very much, though, so that's not much of a solution. And actually, I'm trying to think, uh, listening at home as a family, usually what we would do is buy something at the store like Odyssey, like an Odyssey album, and then we would go home and listen to it over the next couple of days, all yeah. of us together. Um, so that was kind of how it worked. We all were interested in Odyssey. We all liked listening to it. So I'm not sure the best way to get everybody on board with that kind of thing, other than like JD said, just saying, hey, let's uh, let's listen to X tonight. Yeah. Oh, all right, everybody, Friday night is going to be audio drama night. Yeah, know? yeah, exactly, something like that. <laughs> well, I do have one suggestion, um, because like I said earlier, a lot of times the most radio drama that we listen to is at supper. I know we do talk talk during it, and sometimes we don't always listen to audio drama at supper, but um, usually like for Odyssey, like the new Odyssey episodes we listen together, or um, like Lamplighter Theory, we make bits and pieces of it here and there, and um, I mean, that's... Um, everyone has different opinions of what you should do at supper time, but um, I think that might be occasionally, you know, just just listening and listening to that and eating, and then maybe after you're done eating, after listening to it, then you can talk about what you listen to. 
Yeah, I think that's a good idea, actually, because I do recall doing that uh, on occasion as a kid, too. Uh, during during dinner time, be listening to, to Odyssey or something, so. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of the Odyssey, I think actually all the Odyssey episodes, I think on witsend.org, I think maybe some brochures that come with some of the CDs, but there's a lot of discussion questions for, I think, I think for every episode of Odyssey. So if you wanted to l- listen to that, there's some, you know, discussion topics and some starters that you could use as well. Oh, yeah, that's that's a good idea, too. Well, and a lot of the, like I said, some of these inside the liner notes of the Heirloom Audio ones, they do have a few things here, but they did produce these separate curriculum guides, which had a lot of information, even down to like vocabulary words and stuff. So I could even see building a curriculum around some of these productions in in like a homeschool setting and using them as part of your teaching curriculum. So I know that's not what Jeremiah is asking about, but um, that just popped into my head. And uh, so, but do you have any ideas on how Jeremiah can implement that into a regular kind of thing for his family? If you do, definitely get in touch with us and, and let us know. We'll pass it on to him. But um, hopefully some of these little ideas have, have helped in some way too. And I would say, uh, bless you for trying to get your family into audio drama versus movies. Yeah. We've talked about this before, but uh, there's more. There's a more individual experience, even when you're all listening to the same thing, than what a movie can provide because you're being uh, forced to look at something from a particular perspective. And while there is some of that in an audio drama, it's not nearly as restrictive. And it just it it unlocks the imagination in a way that that video just can't touch, in my opinion. Yeah. And if you want to hear more about that, go back to our episode with Bill Hyde, where we talked all about visual mediums versus audio mediums. Great episode, if I do say so myself. Definitely. <laughs> we should do that again. Yes. Not the same topic, but talk to Bill Hyde. Yes. <laughs> okay, and we have a text message from Samuel, and he says, Hey, ATC, quick question. My family and I recently heard The Trials of St. Patrick, and we've recognized Robert Young in particular from another production, but can't figure it out. Robert Young played Honoratus, I think I'm saying that right, in The Trials of St. Patrick. Thanks. I got this text, and I said, the only Robert Young I know is from Father Knows Best, and I know it's not the same one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No kidding. <laughs> so I I do not know, and I, I did a little bit of digging. I could not find uh, him anywhere. So I don't know, and I'm hoping... One of you or one of the listeners knows. Yeah, I I know I've heard a couple. It might have been Brother Francis, possibly. I think I've heard in the credits, possibly. But I'm pretty sure I've heard his name in at least a couple other, either Radio Theater or Lamplighter Theater. But I think possibly Brother Francis, I think Robert Yen was in. But I may be wrong about that. Well, we'll take a look real quickly because I have it right here. See, this is where we need the audio drama database. I know. Nope, I do not see him at all. Nope, no Robert Young. Mm, I guess I was mistaken then. So if you know where Samuel and his family has heard the actor Robert Young, unless unless possibly he's heard that name in <laughs> in an old time radio show, uh, I I'm out of ideas. So hopefully we can figure this out at some point. But um, if you know, get in touch with us and let us know. And last but not least, we have an email from Amber W. And she said. Hi, I just found ATC not long ago and appreciate all your work on this. 
I was introduced to AIO as a teenager and have been searching out all things audio ever since. I've found many new audio dramas through your site and love the podcasts. Woot woot. Yeah, we like hearing that for sure. (laughs) I just listened to The Crossmaker. It was a good story. I did feel like one of the actors was reading lines off a piece of paper, but overall it was good and I felt... And I have felt that way about several other stories as well, even big scale. So no biggie. I would still recommend it to my friends. Smiley face. Um, this is uh, something of a spoiler. So okay. just be prepared. Um, the lines were actually read off of a piece of paper. Oh my goodness. No. Some of them were read off of a tablet, but most were read off of a piece of paper. See, there's the difference. You've got to read all off a tablet now. I'll <laughs> oh, make it sound better. Goodness. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we... Yeah. Just shatter the illusion, Andrew. That's right. No, it's not. It's not real, <laughs> folks. It's not. No, I'm just teasing, of course. But uh, we appreciate the feedback for sure. Sure. Yeah, and it was a project we did with a bunch of our friends from church. We recognize that we are not professionals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but thank you, Amber. I, I, we we do appreciate feedback. She continued, I I found you guys by word of mouth. My mother-in-law mentioned you all casually, like I already knew who she was talking about, so I had to look you up. (laughs) Well, shouldn't you? (laughs) Not really. Does that mean ATC is a household name now? Depends on the household. (laughs) (laughs) Ever since, I've been telling everyone as well. I've been trying to go back and listen to your previous podcasts. I find them very interesting and informative. Thanks again for all you do. Well, thank you very much, Amber. Uh, we we love hearing feedback like that because, you know, as a podcast listener myself, I sometimes forget to contact podcasters and just let them know, hey, I enjoy your show, that kind of thing. Because, uh-huh. you know, you get too busy, you're listening to a bunch of shows or whatever, and you realize, or you think, you know, I'm sure they're hearing from other people, and then you never send it in. And then when you do, it, it really does make the, their day, Let let letting them know that you do listen to the show and you enjoy it. So we love hearing from people. Yes. Not from robots, just people. Right. No, no bots. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have a few audio drama tidbits that I wanted to share real quickly. Now, this is a... No, I got to just share something a little personal here. I I don't know when it first came into my mind, but years ago, as being a huge fan of audio drama, back in the back of my head, I've always thought it would be cool to do some voices for audio drama. And yes, it, you know, it's just like, I never expected to ever do it. Of course, when I was listening, you know, when I first started was pretty young and all this technology was not available then, it was very difficult to record and to, to make your own stuff. But now it's much easier, and so I, you know, of course I never foresaw that back then. But recently, over the last few years, I've had an opportunity to do some voices for different shows, and it has been a lot of fun. And probably the biggest one is uh, doing a recurring character on the program Shadows and Daylight by Greenstream Studio, and I've really enjoyed that. Had a lot of fun. I've recorded for a couple. I think uh, my character will be in uh, two or three episodes. Um, so it's it's been a lot of fun. And I, Austin, you, I know you know what I mean because you've been able to do some voices over the years and you've done your own productions as well. So it's just a lot of fun to do that. Definitely. And I don't consider myself an actor necessarily, but I do have fun doing it. And so we have for you an exclusive 
preview of a, the next episode of Shadows and Daylight, episode seven of season one, which is not even available yet. And the producer, Christopher Green, uh, put this together so I could share it with you on Audio Theater Central, and you can all laugh at how terribly I do. So here's a, li- <laughs> here's a little clip from Shadows and Daylight featuring yours truly. All right, Jared, it's time for your initiation. It is? Oh, yes, of course it is. Come on, Jared, where's your enthusiasm? Cowering under my bed. What did you say? Uh, I said, I'm ready for what lies ahead. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Are you aware of the M55 group? No, uh, um, what kind of music do they play? It's not a musical group. It's a group of Thal mercenaries left over from the first gang war back in the old days. Sounds like a pleasant bunch. My sources tell me Reverend Teal of the First Church of New Dublin is an undercover M55. Seriously? I knew I had a good reason to stake that place out. So, I guess we're going to try and stay away from him, eh? You're funny, Jared. No, we're going to First Church today. He's teaching a seminar. At the end of the last talk, you are going to prove your worth to the gang. Um, how so? By blowing the church up. Bravo. (laughs) Nice. Very nice. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I get to play a bad guy. So it's 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 been a lot of fun. Yeah, you definitely did a lot better than I did on Elliot House. I don't consider myself an actor at all. It's just it's just fun to do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you did great. You did great. I had a lot of help. I had uh, Phil Lawler directing me over Skype, which was such a surreal experience. But the most fun part probably was um, I play a soldier in a battle, and I'm supposed to scream something out real loud. And um, I was recording in my room, and my family knew that I was recording in there. But like Phil told me to like scream at the top of my lungs, which I've never really done for <laughs> recording before. That's awesome. So I did that like a couple times, and um, I think my family might have wondered what was going on, but it, it was really fun to do. <laughs> Phil is murdering Austin over Skype right now in our... <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So so that'll be coming out very soon. If you have not checked out Shadows and Daylight yet, I do recommend it. It is not for young listeners. I will say that. It, it, it's dealing with some very mature themes, and so I recommend it for older teens and up. But it's a, it's a, it's a good show. Now, speaking of Christopher Green, I also wanted to mention the Audio Drama Alliance, which is headed by Christopher Green, is looking for a couple of more people to come on board. I have been involved um, for, oh man, it's been at least a year, maybe even a little longer. We've got a few things in the works and we really need a couple more hands on deck. So if you are an audio editor or a sound designer or composer and you would like to join the Audio Drama Alliance, uh, we would definitely be willing to to take a look or listen to some of your work and, and consider you. So um, there is a link in the show notes, or you can head directly to audiodramaalliance.com and fill out an application. Uh, but um, there's some there's some cool stuff that'll be coming out of that uh, group. And so if you're interested, we would love to have you be involved. Also, it's already been referenced in this episode, the Audio Drama Database. 
it is getting underway. Been working on that uh, over the last couple of months. And Austin, you have actually been helping out with editing some of the entries on that site. And also Christopher Green. Boy, man, we're talking a lot about Christopher Green. Hmm. <laughs> he has been helping out as well. So we hope to have this thing ready sometime this summer. Now, don't hold me to that. <laughs> hope is the key word. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, thanks, Austin, for stepping up and, and helping out with that. So it, I'm excited to get this thing released. Yeah, me too. It's it's shaping up to be really, really awesome and a valuable resource for anybody that loves audio drama. I hope so. Also, I wanted to say quick thanks to Carlton, who has uh, stepped up and offered to do the logo for us. So he and I are going back and forth on what we want that to look like. It's just about finished, and uh, so I just wanted to say thank you to him. And lastly, if you are listening to this episode on the day or about the day of release, which is May 1st, we are having a special sale in the Portrait Family Media merch store, which has all of our t-shirts and all kinds of other cool stuff for Audio Theater Central and our other programs. There is free standard shipping from May 1st through May 7th. So just a few days, but um, if you use the coupon code FR0517, that's for May 170517, FR0517, and you'll get free shipping on anything that you purchase from the store. So definitely wanted to mention that. And if you're listening to this way down the road, well, you didn't need to listen to that part. Sorry. Just wasted uh, 30 seconds of your life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has been a fun episode, chatting with Pat Roy, talking about a brand new production, having our fellow audio drama nerd. Is that okay to call you that, Austin? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Having you on the show. It's been a blast. I'm really glad that you guys uh, let me on here, and it's been really, really fun. Thank you so much. You bet. It's it's been a lot of fun, and and we're going to have to find out what in the world is going on with Roy uh, man, I'm still wondering, but uh, maybe he'll fill us in next time. Yeah, no kidding. I would hope that, uh, ooh, I would hope that he fills us in on his important trip and all the uh, important people that he met. Exactly. If he comes back saying, believe me, we'll be worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows if he tells you, he may have to, you know, get rid of you. That's, this is true. That's a distinct possibility. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you'd like to get in touch with us, head over to audiotheatercentral.com slash contact. And of course, the show notes are at audiotheatercentral.com slash nine two. Be sure to let us know what you think of anything that we've talked about today. We love hearing from you. Check out the ATC Insiders. Get your name on that list and we will keep you informed of everything that's going on here. Anytime there's an important announcement, you will be the first to know. We will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Austin Peachy from Oklahoma. Audio Theater Central is a production of Porchlight Family Media. The theme music was composed by Sam Avendano. The show is produced and edited by J.D. Sutter. The website is audiotheatercentral.com. So in Roy's absence, I've heard a couple of corny jokes and I thought, well... Roy's not here, so somebody has to tell a corny joke.
So, uh, wait, are you implying Roy's jokes are corny? If that's the inference you want to make, then uh, I will not stop you. <laughs> so I have a, a little little dude running around my house right now. My nephew is four years old, and he uh, he loves the Amazon Echo, and he loves the joke feature. And so he's constantly asking the device. I will not say the hot word because I don't want to set off anybody's. Well, Echo is one of those words. That's true, but you have to change it. It's not default, so. True. <laughs> hey Siri, hey Siri. Oh, that was wrong. Why did I do that? I don't know. My phone just lighted up, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, Google. <laughs> Let's just get everybody in on the action. So anyway, he's been asking her to tell him jokes. So I thought, here's a couple of semi-corny and semi-funny ones. So uh, what did the dog want to be when he grew up? What did the dog want to be when he grew up? Probably not a cat. <laughs> Most likely, uh, I don't know, a barkeologist. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Whoa, that's... Woo. <clears throat> what do you call a, a grizzly with no teeth? Ooh, a gummy bear. Yes, I you just, got it. <laughs> I just heard that in school this week. <laughs> uh, nice. That's what happens when you have a four-year-old around the house. <laughs> hey, Austin, did you say you had a, a joke, too? Yeah, I do. And yeah, I have this I have this really big book that um I believe this uh motivational speaker pastor put together. There's a bunch of jokes in it. I think Roy would love it. But um this one kind of stood out to me. The kindergarten class went on a field trip to the local police station where a kindly patrolman showed them around. Stopping in front of a ten most wanted poster, he explained how citizens often help bring about arrest. Are those pictures of the bad guys? asked one six year old. The policeman soberly informed him that they were indeed. Well, said the kid, why didn't you hold on to him after you took his picture? <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, there's enough corniness. 